What if it was the bubonic plague? Doesn't change anything. Did we remember that we shall live in eternity forever and ever and ever, and we recognize that we're here briefly for the glory of God, instead of worrying about the length of life that we have and trying to protect our lives, we simply go out and do what He wants us to do. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it, and if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber, and I am Jesse Gruber, and today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Well, Jesse, another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. Sure is. Episode 58 tonight. Uh, and we are joined yet again uh, from the great white north uh, with one pastor, Steve Richardson. Uh, and I am not going to m- mess up which church you're from uh, because I will not do that because that would be horrible. I'm going to uh, turn this immediately over because I want to get to the questions. So I want to give you a good chance to actually introduce yourself. Pastor Steve Richardson, how are you tonight? Doing very well, thank you. <laughs> so we probably have a lot of listeners that, actually, that's not true. Maybe some of our listeners got to see you on on uh, Ali Beth Stuckey's show, um, but you were you had an interview with her, and so we've learned a lot about you from just having a little bit of a chat group, more from Ruben necessarily than than maybe from you. He's been very, he's very. I just love it when there's a congregant that loves their pastor and is so proud of their <laughs> pastor. Uh, so that to yeah, me, he's, he's a he's pretty ad, been pretty adamant for a guy who who actually is no longer a member of the church. Oh, oh man, not his pastor anymore. How do you like that? Oh geez, wow. he's not even. Oh, <laughs> oh well, we don't need to get into what what issue of church discipline happened <laughs> to. Uh, to no, go. Not, not publicly anyway. Yeah, right. right. We can keep, we'll just keep that. <laughs> uh, but but a little bit about yourself. So for those listening here that maybe aren't acquainted uh, to some of the situations, well, they're all well acquainted to what's happened in Canada, generally speaking. But uh, just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you pastor, uh, maybe maybe a brief overview of the past two years for yourself, because it's been a it's been a, a hairy two years for pastors in Canada. Yeah, for, it has. So. I am now the pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church, a church that um, I guess you could say we planted uh, in 2021. Um, I was previously pastor of Faith Faith Presbyterian Church, which I planted in 2012. Um, And uh, so up until 2020, things were going along smoothly. Church was growing and and, uh, uh, thriving in in many ways. And then uh, COVID uh, came. And um, I was actually on a sabbatical and uh, we were the church was trying to figure out how to respond. And and uh, the uh, elders decided that uh, the best thing to do, not knowing too much about the virus, was to uh, stop uh, gathering the church. Uh, I wrote to the elders from the beginning and urged that they continue to gather the church, that we, we need to be meeting for worship. And um, uh, they they continued in their course. But I started bringing my family with me. Anyway, um, after a while, they, they, I think, saw the, uh, saw clearly from the scriptures that they ought to be gathering. We began to meet in secret, and we managed to do so without being discovered for uh, a number of months. Uh, the, uh, and then, then December came, and in December, we learned that the government was going to go into another uh, lockdown. And uh, we had decided that we were going to meet this time at the church. We weren't going to go into hiding. And uh, so we knew that uh, gathering w- could be costly. And, and so um, the first Sunday that we met, we had uh, the police there. And then uh, starting in February, we began to uh, get uh, charges. So, so uh, police visited the church and I was charged on multiple occasions for uh, keeping the church open. 
They're very kind. Well, that's the beginning of the story. That's not the end. <laughs> that's but, now. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah I mean, so in any case, we 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 did that, and um, after uh, that landed us in trouble with uh, two courts. Uh, got into trouble with the uh, civil court and uh, the civil authorities, and then with the uh, with the presbytery, um, and uh, ended up um, having to leave the church. And I was excommunicated by my presbytery, and uh, that's uh, how I ended up in a new uh, a new church. There's a long long history of uh, you know solid protestantism being excommunicated from churches so i i feel like you stand you stand in good company there uh so <laughs> that's yeah. that's great why not start two fires right why not just have one thing right so we'll do the yeah. presbytery and the civil authorities all at the same time there's no reason to waste yeah. time here uh <laughs> <laughs> nothing like burning a candle at both ends you know that's what I mean. <laughs> so then so then you find yourself excommunicated from the presbytery uh now having a a civil case and and where does the lord move you next then because one of the things i've always know i know well about the call is it doesn't go <laughs> i think people treat the call like it's it's strictly just a vocation and it's not actually a call so the call still feels impressed upon you what happens what happens next yeah well we there there it it got kind of complicated pretty quick but the initial I, a plan was that um as a as elders, pastor, and 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 the two um, ruling elders, that we would that they would lead the congregation, and we would uh, start a new work, no longer under the authority of the denomination that was so against what we were doing. Um, but uh, the church ended up dividing, and uh, I think part of that is cultural that there, there's an attachment to the denomination, and um, when a, when you start a new church and it's not affiliated with anybody, um, it, it that that's tough for a lot of people especially in the reformed setting. So we, uh, we ended up with a small group and, um, but yeah, as you say, I mean, God has called me to preach and uh, there were people that at the time, especially we were, there was need for a work where the people could freely gather without limitations, without being interfered with by the government. Uh, so even now here in Canada, there's churches that are still uh, meeting, following various guidelines. You, have to uh, wear a mask or if depending on the number of limits, you follow the limits, maybe sit apart, that kind of thing. And we've never required any of that stuff. So you're able to plant a new work of the Lord, a, a new church, which, yeah, I, I, w- I would attest to how difficult that can be, particularly when you're actually trying to simply plant the work of the Lord without necessarily a, a, a giant denomination or a large uh, organization or even a even what you would call a parent church, um, it, it is definitely not easy. So you're trying to do that also in the midst of a pandemic where just holding the church service is going to be, well, as the church grows, could certainly become an issue depending on how many people are attending your gathering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we, we've been in a situation here where we've just gotten used to having to um, uh, move around a little bit and um, we've been on for some time now on the wrong side of the law. Um, not because of course we break in anything, any of God's laws, but, uh, it's, uh, it's been quite a journey for sure. And, uh, we see the Lord at, at work in these days, but, uh, we look back on what God was doing during the, the pandemic and, and, uh, well, during the so-called pandemic and you've got, uh, and particularly when the authorities were, were after us. I've never experienced anything so precious, and I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. from other men who have experienced the same. Yep. Um, we, 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 all of us 
pity the pastors and congregations that uh, close their churches. They they missed out on uh, uh, on, ex- on a precious season of refreshing from the Lord. Yeah, Amen. To Absolutely, that. And, and that that has been a resounding theme uh, to everyone we've talked to, honestly, so far. Um, and and uh, we we one hundred percent agree with you. Um, I, I think our church was uh, closed for maybe maybe when I maybe three weeks, and we're like, ah, this is no no, this ain't right. It ain't right. Yep. Um, yep. And we were, I mean, we're blessed. We're blessed to not have been jailed and were fined or, or anything. Um, and, uh, but just watching, watching and sympathizing with the, with the Canadian, with the, with the Canadian plate, uh, we call it the remnant, uh, up in, <laughs> up in Canada, um, you know, sympathizing, uh, these, these past couple of years with you guys, um, from what we've seen of the churches, uh, and, and hearing your testimony, uh, it's absolutely 100% seems to be accurate. I mean, I, I remember watching some, remember somebody sent us a video. And it was like this this big church, and there was all these lights and sounds, and they were talking about because they were about to go into another shutdown, and they're like, and uh, you know, the question is, do we, do we, uh, you know, disobey the governing authorities and hold or, church, and hold church, or do we, uh, you know, actually, no, no, it was that, and then the, the, and the then congregation applause, applause, just applause, was, was thankful, yeah, let's do that, or they're like, they're like, he's like, hold he's your like, applause, he's like, hold on, hold on, let me finish, <laughs> or do we comply? And then he went with comply. He went with comply. It was like he just deflated the whole room. No, we're going to com- we're going to comply. No, hold your applause. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. The Holy Spirit and the gathering together of His saints in, in obedience to the <laughs> this word. This isn't what you think it is. We're gonna we're gonna comply. And it was just so. It was such a sad picture in reality. I mean, you're so right. We had parking lot church at first. The first thing we did, we we met outside because it was it was relatively nice. We were yeah. thankful it was a spring. Um, and man, that was one of the most. I think when you're forced to be unique, kind of figure something out that you haven't had to do before, um, it just changes the flavor. And it was almost like God had to shake up the church and really wanted like to, for them to blow the dust not only off of their Bibles but off of their, their faith, right, and, and awaken it, that their mm-hmm. faith might again have works and be connected to the living source of that, the truth of his word and the Holy Spirit. And it was... It was it was really cool that those first parking lot churches and figuring that out and having some SUVs and everything and all parked around me and, and the, the hatches open on the back or, or people putting out blankets on their hoods. And that was really interesting. And then the the growth was you're so yeah. right. You're so right. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys believe at the beginning that it was a, a going to be a serious fire as a lot of people would die? Uh, I didn't. I, I mean, personally, I don't remember thinking that, but I also remember not knowing what to think initially. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it took us very long. I mean, I, I work in healthcare, um, and, you know, it, it didn't seem, it didn't really seem um, that we were getting the whole story, I, I guess, mm-hmm. from the beginning. So working for UPS, um, we, we, never, we never stopped working at all, and our, we only got busier. There so many more, boxes more died. More from the <laughs> lost a lot of good boxes. A lot of good boxes. Man. It was like really hard ones. Real thick. No, we uh, we did not have. We did not slow down. In fact, we were working ridiculous amounts of overtime. Uh, the first summer there, we went into it. Um, but those those first couple of weeks, I think it was more just there was a willingness for us to say as a church, we don't know what this is, and we do love our congregation. And this is temporary, and we can be flexible for temporary. When it was 
one more week, one more month. Uh, we're going to extend this into June. And that all happened in the course of like seven days after the first, you know, 15 days to slow the spread. I'm using air quotes for those of you that can't see because you're listening on audio. <laughs> after it just looked like it definitely had a different flavor. Uh, it had a different flavor to us. And that's when we said, wait a second, what are we doing? What are, why are we not gathering? It's beautiful outside. This is ridiculous. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of where we went. Uh, Working for UPS, I never felt like there was anything to worry about because we were constantly working, um, and I was seeing everybody constantly. I, I don't just see the people I work with at the building. We then leave in trucks, and I go to an area, and I see those people every day, and I'm shaking their hands. I'm talking with them. I'm two feet from them. We weren't really – there wasn't a lot of masking initially, and then there was masking once the media built up fear. Um, and, and to be sure, a lot of people have died, uh, because there was a, a novel virus that we were not ready for, um, that came <coughs> directly from <coughs> labs in <coughs> China. Uh, send it to Paul. <laughs> uh, don't do Dr. Fauci. <laughs> that doesn't always translate. All right. All right. All right. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. All right. I'll do it. That's fine. Um, so, so the. It, there wasn't a difference. I, I keep I keep looking at people now, and and then a, a different variant will crop up, and then people will be wearing masks again. And I look at them, and and they almost have a quizzical look, like why I'm not wearing a mask. And I'm just thinking, I worked ninety hours a week dropping off your boxes. Okay, you didn't yeah. stop ordering. You didn't care that I. No, you didn't. You don't really care. You're signaling to me that I'm not good enough, and that's fine. You can signal that all you want. But there's there's more to life than wearing a mask, and there's more to life than living in fear. And if there isn't, then there is no point to life. There's no real point to degrading yourself continually in in subservience to the god of fear. There, that's an awful way to live. So anyway, I've I've rambled too much. <laughs> yeah, there was a time when you could tell a Christian by his his uh, calm demeanor in the midst of. Uh, mm what wouldn't be frightening circumstances, whether war or, or otherwise that, uh, that they were unmoved. The, the sad reality is we have seen the church move mm. with the world. Um, mm. and, and, and not in the face of something scary, um, truly scary. Yeah. It, 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 even when it was truly scary, even when we thought the thing could kill a lot of people, uh, we should have been unmoved. We should have yeah. kept going. Yeah, I think I think um, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, N.D. Wilson was on, and I, I think he said it probably probably the best that I've heard it. He said we flinched, you know, we flinched, yeah. and we shouldn't have flinched. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I completely I completely agree with that. There's there's a lot to learn, but I mean, what yeah. place what place was anyone going to find real healing during all of this? It would have only been from the real healer, and that was that was Christ. And we were cutting off. His literal ambassadors in their regular congregating. But what about all the people that got to see Jesus online? But what about all those people? Yes, I, I'm sure they're being held greatly accountable to any commitments they made. They're not. All right. Um, so, uh, so real quick before before we transition to um, some stuff that that happened over in Ottawa, what was um? So you you, you had church. You, you were charged. Um, was it your was it you that was charged, or the church as an entity, or how did that work? Yeah, so me personally, um, it was very much how we presented to the the police. There, we know of churches that were charged, and um, um, but we we tried to present it. I tried to present it in a way so that I took responsibility for it. That I and uh, so they laid charges against me personally, and uh, I was grateful for that actually. That the other didn't involve any of the other elders, didn't involve the congregation. 
Yeah, that, I can see that's definitely a blessing. Uh, it definitely gets a lot messier the more people you know that are involved. Um, yeah, we've we've talked to some churches and it's like uh, they're dragging literally their whole, their whole church into court. That's just not yeah. that's not the right way to go. But well, um, they, they they didn't necessarily have an. There was no. I'm glad that that option was even afforded. That even that you could work that out. You could plead that case because a lot there were churches that that just wasn't afforded. Everyone yeah. it was it was literally all of you are yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. That was, that's some grace. I'm um, for that grace. Absolutely. So so just for our, just for our listeners who might not be familiar, because I I I first uh, I mean I I think uh, I think I got connected with with Ruben who who put us in touch um, after I shared. Um, an article that you wrote after your after your court hearings, um, where I believe they lessened some charges. Do you mind just explaining what those what those charges were, how much they were, and then what what ended up happening after that? Sure. So, for each charge, the maximum sentence uh, was one year in prison and one hundred thousand dollars in fines, and I was charged six times. So, uh, theoretically, I could have faced six years in prison and six hundred thousand dollars in fines. Um, but uh, it worked out an arrangement with the lawyer. We were able to go to court with uh, um, and uh, come away with um, I forget now. I think it was three thousand dollars in fines. So almost nothing compared to the original. Um, one of the things that, um, so I, in going to court, prayed very much that there would be, uh, certainly I didn't want to go to jail, but, um, we were prepared for that if needed. But I, what was important, most important was the, uh, that I would have an opportunity to speak to the, to the judge. And, um, so I was thankful for the opportunity that we had there to do that. And, uh, it, it worked out. It was by far the, I mean, the best case scenario. I walked away with almost nothing. Some of the other men are still in the courts. What we, what I learned in my case is that I, I did choose to plead guilty, and the reason for that is I was told by my lawyers that my case was not winnable. So if and I was ahead of the other guys, uh, I was not doing a charter challenge. I couldn't do a charter challenge because it was against me, rather than the church wasn't involved. Uh, and so um, what we, what was what made sense was it, that we plead guilty uh, so that the other guys could fight it out in court and possibly win. Um, I wouldn't have won because of the particulars of my case. Gotcha. I mean, pr- praise. Uh, what is it? Wise, wise as serpents, gentle as dove. I, I, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like that approach. That's a biblical approach. Uh, when I read your um, your very well uh, worded blog about that the interaction you had with the court and your time in trial, even leading up to trial and the weight that it was. I mean, staring down six years and six hundred thousand dollars i mean that those are those are not numbers that i mean i certainly as as a as a normal functioning uh, husband uh father working human being can really process uh to to think of particularly when you're when you're thinking about why you did it um and just hearing your words was very clear it reminded me i don't know if you've ever had an interaction with uh with the court transcripts from John Bunyan's uh, trial. Uh, no, but I, you might, you, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll send it to you. I'll send you the link to it when you go. But um, Thomas Breedlove was an English legal scribe and he actually had, had, he did a, a large volume of, of legal transcripts. And one of those caught John Bunyan's case before uh, the tribunal. And if you read it through, you'll hear he, 
he had no intention of pleading not guilty. He was very clear about why he did what he did and that he couldn't do anything else. So I think it might be encouraging you. That's neither here nor there. And also, if you're listening, you've heard us heard me mention this before, but you can always just Google the Breedlove Papers, B-R-E-D-L-O-V-E Papers, and John Bunyan's name, and you'll get several uh, links to that. But you, you'd find it encouraging. So I'll def- we'll definitely send that over to you. And it just reminded me of a man that was going to say, I can't. Honestly, what what are you going to do? Uh, you you did what yeah. you did exactly what they said you, they were going to do, and you had no intention of not doing it further because it wasn't theirs to take away. How could right. you serve serve them over God? Yeah. So it was yeah, it was really good. There was a cl- there's a clarity when you know what the Lord would have you to do, and and and, uh, and it, it makes things simple. So we don't know what the police will do. We don't know what the courts will do. But we know what he wants us to do as we do it, and then we leave the rest with him. And uh, so it uh, certainly, um, in, in as a kid growing up, reading about people who suffered martyrs mm-hmm. and uh, those who went before us, you have in your head what what you ought to be prepared for as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And um, but it's a precious thing when it gets tested, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for how it impacted the family as well. I remember shortly before the 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 date of the court, maybe the day or two before. My daughter, my youngest daughter, nine years old, had been coming to me regularly and checking in, maybe, you know, asking, are you going to go to jail? So she it was on her mind and she brought yeah. me a little note and it said um, along these lines, it'll pop. I'm proud of you. Um, and then she said, when I grow up, I'm going to defend if I get in a situation or if I if I if, if what if something like that happens to me, um, I will defend God. Mm. And I, as a dad, I was delighted. I mean, that's, she got it. She totally got it. Yeah. This was not about people. This was not about first. I mean, this, of course, people are involved. It was about God. And, uh, and so she, Amen. she's learned. That's great. Mm. Talk about proud dad moments. Uh, when you can, when you can look, we can, when you can look up at father and God, father, God, who handed you this beautiful little life, right. To, to care for, right. He gifts you this little life to care for when you can look up at him, after she says something like that and just know that that the pride you feel is nothing compared to the pride he feels uh it that's such a beautiful that's just a beautiful time i i it's a great that's great stuff yeah uh, 100% <laughs> that's a beautiful testimony also it's it's just a little late at night you can't be making people cry okay yeah. here all right i know yeah for real Whenever, whenever you listen to this, it's late at night, and here he's telling these emotional stories, and now I'm getting all weepy eyed. <laughs> we anyway. we have tissues here specifically for, yeah, for one got, reason and one tissue reason boxes. only. Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, well, thank you, thank you for sharing, thank you for sharing all that. I I do want to I do want to switch gears a little bit here, um, and I, I want to start I want to start this next topic with this question in this way, uh, and that would be what leads a Christian pastor into the heart of a protests the weekend things are supposed to be ramping up with the police um i I saw and heard testimony of you in ottawa um was it last week or last weekend i think it was i'm trying to get my dates right um we're recording on the 26th so things started going down the 17th 18th 19th i think if i remember correctly um so I, i and i heard that i heard that you were there when some some crazy stuff was going on uh crazy interactions with the police so um, as a Christian pastor, what what drives you into that scenario rather than away from it? Well, maybe I just speak at two levels. And as a as a person, you know, there's we hear about fight or flight types, and I'm definitely a fight type. Um, 
And I, I looked at the situation and I've never liked bullies. Um, I, I'm not the kind of guy, if I see someone getting picked on to just walk by as a pastor. And, and I know that there are some definitely who, who don't get this, this, I, I, I guess, even looking at what happened in the last two years, but you know, we're, we are called to be under shepherds where Christ is our shepherd hmm. and as our shepherd, he defends the flock against the wolves. And, um, that instinct, that protective instinct ought to be in all of us it, for our, our wives, our children, our congregations, and in a broader sense, in a looser sense, the society. Well, I was looking at what was happening in Ottawa. I had uh, some people there that I knew and loved, some uh, friends, and uh, I, I saw the way the police were behaving, and I was getting more and more in, riled up inside. And I just couldn't stay. I couldn't just sit and watch it. I had to do something. And so I went up and just said to my wife, I was downstairs, so I'm, I'm going to Ottawa. And, uh, uh, and so we had it, headed out to Ottawa. I took with me actually three other guys, two of them pastors, and um, ended up in Ottawa on Saturday morning. And uh, I think, you know, I, I think part of this is simply the sense as a Christian that as a citizen of heaven, I have my, uh, my that, that is more my hope is, but as a citizen of heaven, I'm also a citizen of, of this country. And as, as such, I, I must do my duty. If there was a foreign enemy, I would be on the front lines to stop the foreign enemy. Um, there wasn't a foreign enemy. It was a domestic enemy. The enemy is our own prime minister. Hmm. And in this case, sadly, our own police officers. And uh, we weren't in a position, and, and there's more to this story, but we weren't in a position to, to fight them. Um, but we could at least go and be present. So... I well, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. It seems like a pretty clear answer to me. <laughs> All right, and that was another episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I'm just I'm just thinking about what was it like. So, how how long of a drive is that? How long was it to get to Ottawa? Well, it's the the drive on a would would have been six hours, but we we ended up I think it was something like eight hours because of traffic. It was a long drive. Yeah, a lot of traffic. Going a lot of traffic there. hitting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe some of them were. You know what? Honestly, there were others going to to Ottawa. Hmm. Good. There you go. Um, I. That's what our prayer was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was hearing. I'm hearing that. I'm thinking of the story. I'm thinking three pastors have gotten have gotten together specifically to drive six hours because they are so passionately motivated, right, for both the just cause of liberty. And the just cause of liberty as it comes from its true source, Christ Jesus himself. Mm. I just feel like that must have been a very interesting car ride. <laughs> well, it was. It was. I mean, we're dry, at one point we're, we're heading up and I'm on the phone with somebody who's in Ottawa. Um, and she's in tears because she's witnessed the trampling, the, the horse trampling you, you probably mm. saw. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, we were we were raring to get there for sure, and a lot of good conversations as well. Mm. Well, excellent. I'm, we're we are very glad you went. But now that we think about, now that we know what you were in, we're sitting on this side now. So we're, you know, we're twelve days from tyrannical Tyne's day, uh, and and we're we're seven. Oh, I guess we're eight days from from the beginning of of what was was clearly. Um, a jackbooted attempt to to stop a peaceful protest. Um, how did how in the midst of that? How did you remain calm in the face of what was clearly utter evil against your peacefully assembled countrymen? How did how did you how were you able to remain calm 
in those moments because by all indications uh just the way you've the way you wrote which we've gotten to read some of your written work the way you communicate you you're able to communicate well and be calm i couldn't even look at those pictures and remain calm no yeah <laughs> i couldn't even like physically i was having visceral reactions mm-hmm. um our wives noticed how what was there was something wrong with us last yeah. weekend i told so, justin we need to go to ottawa knowing full well we could not get across the border <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's places we could get across, but Aaron Rock be... had the bridge blocked up. I don't know what ah, he's doing over there. <laughs> that guy. Uh, How did you remain calm? I think it's the grace of God. Uh, that that is the only answer I can give. My my wife didn't want me to go because she knows my personality. Now the the thing is, um, we knew that, and this is what's so unfair. Um, there's a real cowardice, if I can just be so bold, on the part of the police. I mean, of, of course they won. They won because not only do they have the the, the weapons and we don't but on the other side, but but they came to a fight to fight where we weren't. We, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to touch them. Mm. And we touch them, the game is over. We're finished. We're charges are, are pressed uh, against, uh, laid against us, and we uh, and 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 there's no winning in court. Um, but they're allowed to do what they want with impunity. We saw that with our own eyes. I think God's grace. Um, in hindsight, there was a, a one moment where I look back now, and and um, there I was I, I was beaten with batons because I was trying to reach down to to help an older man. Um, all I was trying to do is just kind of be there because you can't touch the guys who are doing it. You can't lay a hand on them. So I think it was the grace of God. Hmm. Well, He is a very gracious God, and uh, I I can only assume. That that is what would cover those moments. You know how well the Bible clearly tells us that he 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 gives grace, right, for the circumstance in which we're in. Um, I guess because of distance, he he allowed us to feel what what we were feeling for specific purpose, and that purpose may have time in the future to come about uh, for us to know that what that passion and anger and and just sadness all at once feels like, um, and it makes us think, oh. In that situation, I would, I would want to <laughs> wreak whatever havoc I could against fully armored and absolutely armed individuals. Um, but in the midst of that, isn't it so amazing that the Holy Spirit works that way? Because that's that's exactly that's exactly how He works. Um, yes. We we were we were so thankful to hear so many stories of men like you who did not just go there for the cause of liberty, but went there for the cause of liberty in Christ. Um, so we are we are very thankful that you were there. Just knowing that did, <laughs> I think it actually helped um, helped us here in South Jersey get through the day yeah. um, because it was it was definitely a rough weekend and we weren't even there. Uh, so well, in some ways, almost, I think it would have been harder to be where you were because as soon as I got on the road, I felt a little bit better. I, I think I think when you can't do anything, that that's almost the worst to be able to be there and, and have some feel like you're doing something is it, it, that that helped. You know what? That's, that's a very interesting perspective. If I could have had at least a release knowing that I was there, maybe that would have made me feel a little different, but man, uh, I, I just kept getting messages from Jesse. We were, we had, we were, my wife kept looking at me. We were so upset. My wife kept saying things like, like Justin, just, are, you, are you, I was just, off in space in my mind <laughs> so yeah. uh and that at that point me and jesse realized we had too many friends in canada that was the problem we to <laughs> we had too many friends in canada canadian yeah. friends would have been much easier <laughs> at that point yeah. um i i 
I heard you tell a story in your interview um, this past week um, that I, I wanted more clarity on. So, and I'll let you fill in all the details I'm about to fudge. But you were with a trucker who was leaving his cab of his of his tractor, and he was um, with the police, and he was he was potentially about to face what was going to be physical assault, and you were praying over him. Do I have that story more or less connected so far? No, I wish I could say I was praying over him. I wasn't doing that. But I, what what happened is, so this the fellow that that uh, I was referring to is actually um, he was interviewed the other day by Tucker Carlson. Um, he, I recognized him as soon as I saw him. He was his truck was at the very heart of everything, and and when I got there, um, he was one of the first I went to, and he just said, "Listen, you know, I want you to know." We're with you like we're here to to be with you and we we felt that there's there's an ominous error and as the police were uh, began to make their march forward i at first i was on the front line with the those who were there with the police and um and and then as as they got nearer to this truck particular truck I, I somehow i just had this this uh heart for this guy and uh and i said to him we'll, we're with you so i made up my mind I was seeing what they were doing. They'd pulled guy, they'd knocked out windows and then they would pull these guys out and then they would beat them. And uh, I just didn't want to leave this guy alone. So when the, uh, when the, the police made their, their last charge towards this truck, he got down on his knees, put his hands on his head. And I got down on my knees and put my hands on my head, just like him to be arrested with him. Um, and the police chose not to arrest me they arrested him because he said i'm a trucker i'm a trucker um but they arrested him after beating him as you could see on the camera Mm. um they didn't arrest me they just kicked me and and this is what's so like i I look back on it even now and i think okay this is this is not what you're supposed to do even in war so in war somebody puts their hands up theoretically you're supposed to um arrest the guy or whatever you do you take him cat he's your captain but you don't shoot him you don't uh you're not supposed to punch him in the head but there are we both are with our hands on our heads surrendering to arrest and they're beating him and kicking me Hmm. um and um i i don't know what would have happened how much how how badly the beating would have been but a protester pulled me out and um and, and that was it and i didn't know what happened to that guy until i saw him on tucker carlson hmm so it's, um, you know, in hindsight, my, my wife, I was talking to my wife about it, and she said, um, did you pray with him? And I said, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I had. And I wish I had had more opportunities, you know, taken the opportunity. But um, um, I, I'm glad at least we could be there. I can assure you that there's far as if there was grace enough to keep you from accident, not a, purposefully wishing violence and then doing it on those police officers uh there's grace enough just in your move to stand well to kneel with a trucker who would have been all alone uh there's grace enough in that um and uh i'll i'll, I'll just pray that one day you'll have that you'll have that opportunity to pray with that man that'll be that would be tremendous and i've cer- I certainly certainly god uh has has done far more miraculous things so i i would see no reason why he could not do that very thing Mm. Um, 
so do you so so speaking of speaking of those kinds of uh, those kinds of interactions, have you had any chance to? I mean, I know it's uh, it, it sounds far fetched, but uh, just out of curiosity, have you had any chance to interact with an, any of the people either that you knew that were there, um, or that you that you bumped elbows with? Was there any exchanging of numbers? Like, is there any contact there that that you've been able to foster or minister to these people even after the fact? So we, uh, first of all, I mean, being there was quite a thing because. There was a well. There was there was a lot of tears, a lot of people who were in distress, and I, and the distress was. I think we all knew what it was. It was just a sense that we can't believe the police are doing this to peaceful citizens, and our country has fallen, and um, and so a big part of the day was just going from person to person, giving people hugs. I'm not. I don't hug people usually. Uh, I hugged a lot of people that they had never met in my life. But just this instinct to just comfort, and you know, one guy was 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 screaming, just so angry, just trying to calm him down. So there's a lot of that, a lot of a lot of contact that day, people that I don't know I'll ever see again. Um, but there there was um, of course some that that I did know, and we've talked since then, and a um, little bit about what happened there, what the experience was like, and um, all of us have the I think the same. It's this. It, it was. It's a bonding experience. I'll tell you, being there together. Mm-hmm. Um, the pastors I went with um, feel, feel feel like you understand these soldiers that come back from the war front. Obviously, we we were there just for a little while, but you have this shared experience, and um, it's uh, it's a tough thing to see with your own eyes. It's one thing to see it on on video. It's a tough thing to see it with your own eyes. It's mm-hmm. shocking, um, and uh, you know, I grew up. I, I grew up uh, respecting the police. And, you see the police officer and you take the kids and say, hey, you want to meet this guy? He said, one of our police officers. Um, I'll never look at the police the same again. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, uh, there. They're, and it does it does uh, um, help me better understand what happened in Germany. And I realize there's many degrees of difference. It was far worse there. But this is how it begins. Yeah. Well, given given the World Economic Forum and its ties to your your government, I don't know that there's as many degrees of separation how did i know that was going to weasel its way into this episode somehow (laughs) i'm sorry Uh, the world economic forum gets away with nothing with me i'm so sorry uh but i mean let's face it klaus schwab's name is very german that's all i'm saying um anyway all right moving forward so what is what is the mood now so now you're home again you're you're six hours from ottawa um, we're we're 12 days from the invocation in, invocation of the Emergencies Act. It was it was ended this past Wednesday. Now, so um, what what is the what is this? Uh, there was such this push, right? So, what is the mood that of of those that are still concerned with you know this the the church the free and and even just general freedom now? It's weird. We've got we've got a whole lot of churches that are pretending everything is normal. And they just want to carry on and um, uh, pretend that uh, the um, this never happened. Pretend that uh, uh, there were there were no churches that were open, uh, at least no respectable ones. Uh, and and uh, and then there's this uh, there's those in the society who who just believe whatever mainstream media tells them. But there's also a large number who supported the convoy in the first place. And they still support the convoy. I mean, they're still flying their flags uh, in their trucks or whatever it is they've got. And um, I think there's a, uh, I don't, this thing's not done. We don't know where our country's going, but I think more and more Canadians who uh, who are beginning to see are, I've had enough. 
Um, and um, I, I do wonder where the, you know, the future of this and what, what this will all mean and um, whether this at some point will come to violence. I don't know, but I know a lot of Canadians have had enough. I, I mean, uh, when we were, uh, when we were talking with uh, Aaron Rock, I mean, I think Justin and I both echoed the sentiment that, um, you know, after seeing such apathy um, from regarding what was happening to the pastors over the past couple of years, um, I think we were both kind of surprised that like, oh, this is actually happening. Like, like, <laughs> like this convoy is actually happening. And then, and then they stayed there for weeks and weeks and, and it, it, we, we were, and it grew and it grew and we were so happy and thankful, you know, that this, uh, small fringe minority, right. <laughs> was, was actually doing the thing that was, you know, supposed to happen. And in a and in a perfectly peaceful way, and small um, fringe minority of you know racist, homophobic, homophobes. misogynists that yeah. are having bounce houses for their kids and hot tubs in the street and ice hockey games, yeah. feeding the homeless, cleaning yeah. small businesses, those, bathrooms, those degenerates, you know, yeah. those evil, horrible people. But um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it it was a wonderful thing as an American and and as someone who's who's been talking with. Canadians for a year and a half now. It was a wonderful and beautiful and uh, moving thing to actually see that being pulled off. Uh, because and, we experienced some protests, you know, summer of 2021? 2020. 2020. I always get it wrong. Or you get it wrong, and then I correct you usually. Wow, it's nah, messed up. It's the summer 2020. Yeah, summer 2020. Um, we saw protests, and they looked nothing mm-hmm. like <laughs> what you Protest. guys had going on Slap in Slap that in air quotes there, brother. Um, the biggest, I think, one of the, and I don't know if this will resonate with you. One of the, one of the things that struck me, at, as I watching all of the live feeds coming from Ottawa on Friday and and Saturday, was that in the summer of twenty twenty, I watched police constantly retreating from the protesters in America here, across major cities across our country, being pelted with rocks and frozen water bottles or cement filled water bottles or bricks and they would retreat and then come back to an area that they would have to hold from the protesters violence and what i was watching mm. in canada was such the was the exact opposite it mm. was it was the protesters just, just standing there in knit hats and gloves and jackets sh- hugging shaking hands arm in arm standing and the police advancing and striking and pushing and, and it was yeah. such a contrast that it it really i it just it shook it shook you it shook me um because i think in some ways i could i didn't i i didn't understand why the police in america kept retreating i didn't understand why they did that i i wanted them to be able to hold the line mm-hmm. right but then but then i what i wouldn't have wanted them to do is to lash out in violence against that that's never what you want to see it was it was there was somewhere in the middle there i was hoping for what would would have been right to have happened right i mean it was it was just such a contrast that it was jarring it was very jarring to watch there was a it, it's hard sometimes to understand like I, I i i still do not get it what what happened behind the scenes but there's a lot of hate we could see a lot of hate in the eyes and, and it, there has to be, if you're going to do some of the things we saw, I mean, you know, one of the things I experienced was I'm retreating from the officers 
I've got my back to them and I'm getting hit with a baton. Um, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like you're, they're, 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 they're pushing forward. You're a peaceful protester unarmed and you're retreating just like they want you to do. Um, so they don't have to hit you. There's, but there was a, there was a, a, there was something in their eyes. There was a, I mean, they were breaking everything. They, they didn't have to do any of that stuff. So we, we all sensed that and we don't know where it was coming from, uh, why there was such hostility. Um, but it is, it does, it's a bit unnerving for sure. It's mm -hmm. unnerving when you think about the fact that these are people who can do this, they can get away with it. Um, and the rest of us, uh, are not allowed to do a, a single, we can't protect one another. We can't protect ourselves. That's, uh, that's not good. Well, the, the only good thing is, uh, it, it was said, uh, geez, the song I think is from the late seventies that it was, it was sung that the television, the, the revolution would not be televised. Uh, the, the good thing mm -hmm. is all that technology really backfired on them because there was a bird's eye view from almost every angle of such evil atrocities, um, that, that there was no way the, the police or government could walk away unscathed from the evil that they committed. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I, unfortunately the internet backfired on the global elite because they would much rather have it only paint beautiful pictures of them. But, uh, but it did not do so this time. Yeah. That's good. So we we continually say, uh, maybe I've been saying it a lot lately. <laughs> the only thing that stands, um, that that stands in the face of this type of evil. In fact, the only thing that they they can't actually count on is is the individual, right? The individual person who has um, God given autonomy. Uh, and it's not that they're autonomous from God, it's that they're autonomous from other humans. They can actually think and take the responsibility that they are required to take. Or they can reject taking the responsibility that they are required to take. They're required to take it nonetheless, um, their mm -hmm. rejection or acceptance of it. And and I think what happened in Ottawa it was an example of individuals coming together around that that idea that that individuals still have a level of a level of interaction with their own, their own future and responsible actions, um, and I only say that to transition to this kind of a thought, because there's been lots of talk that the trucker movement was a failure, that it failed. Um, I know I think we have a different view uh, ourselves, um, but you, as as someone living boots on the ground in in Canada, um, what are your thoughts? Has it has it affected local policies? Uh, has there, and even more importantly, has there been a, uh, a, a an eternal march, a headway in the eternal area, the, the spiritual side of things as well? Well, I'll answer the first question and uh, say that it seems clear that it's had an impact um, in many ways. As some some guys said it it couldn't have gone better, though it though it looked like a failure. The fact that they maintained their peaceful protest, that they didn't get violent, um, is amazing. Uh, so, um, and and the, our our province is lifting some mandates uh, beginning in March, so that's a win. Uh, and uh, we'll see what else happens from there. I think it. I think that there's going to be momentum in this country. Um, it's as I said before. It's, I don't think it's over by any means. On the spiritual side, I, I, it's a little bit more discouraging because you've got um, people that are quite entrenched. So 
those of us who believed it was good to disobey the government in 2020 and 2021 um, had no issues with the trucker convoy. In fact, we supported it. Um, but on the other side are those who have dug themselves in in Romans 13, and they they bury themselves there, and they're going to stay there. And as God intervenes and does a miracle, and we're seeing then this. Um, sadly, we've, we're seeing so we're seeing on one hand, yes, God is blessing some churches, and so those churches are having an impact; they're thriving. Um, but um, not a lot of movement from the other churches. There's there we found out there are more than we thought there were. But um, as far as those who were like-minded. But but um, a lot of these churches have dug their heels in, and uh, we need, if if we're going to see any change, we need God to do a real work of grace. Well, that that gives good clear uh, guidance for how we can be praying uh, for for you guys uh, in Canada. Um, it did feel like there was a a Christian presence at many points in the trucker convoy. Do you mm-hmm. feel that there was? Um, I, I don't think an overtone would be the right way, but maybe at least an undertone of Christian, Christian, um, at least value understanding, perhaps not maybe not even a full understanding of, of the gospel and, and it's effective outpouring, but, uh, just the underpinnings of a Christian ideal. Completely. Yeah. It, it was actually a neat to see how many Christians were there even the other day running into people I knew in Ottawa of all things. And then, um, and then you, oh, you're here you to got, protest too. Oh, you're yeah. here. <laughs> I, I actually ran into somebody from my own congregation who went up, had the same instinct to go up. Didn't know they were going, they didn't know I was going. So oh, was wow. But there, 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 I heard stories all along, um, that, uh, there were just all these people that are, that were there, and and so many of them just write for the gospel. I mean, they've been enduring these these uh, this these mandates for two years. Uh, many of them they've lost almost everything, and and there's this massive presence really of Christians who were there not first for their own freedom, but there for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so they were and just delighted to share the gospel with these people. Um, and, and I think we're going to hear, I mean, if we don't hear it in this life, we will, we'll find out in eternity how many were, were one for Christ in Ottawa during 2022. Mm. It, I think it's going to be a very impressive number. I, I, I couldn't believe some of the things I was seeing and hearing randomly on live streams. <laughs> I mean, it, cause it was this weird, it's a trucker rally, right? So you're getting, yeah. you're getting F bombs left and right. It's a trucker rally. Anyone that tuned in for like. Uh, unicorn farts and tickle whispers was out of line okay <laughs> it's a trucker convoy but at the same time you were then hearing like these people uh, other voices imploring them you know this is against the righteousness of god you know you should not be standing for tyranny you should be standing in the love of christ and i'm hearing this and i'm like this is the most this has got to be the craziest place right where where people Come, come as image bearers of God, though they don't even know the God whose image they bear, but know they were created with these, these undeniable, right underpinnings of liberty, right yeah. that ultimately that ultimately hunger for the freedom that is found in Christ. And you had some there that knew where this source of freedom truly comes from in Christ Himself, and they're meeting at the line, right? They're meeting at the line. So you are hearing, right? The, you know, 
harsh, throw down the tyrant statements, but you're also hearing the loving call to repentance, right? And, and, and restoration. And it was so, it was just so, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a, a, a clear picture of how often we read these stories of Christ himself going into places that were not places for religious leaders. You'd, you don't go here. This is where it's dirty. It's unclean to go here. Yeah. Yet, yet how clear it was that that message was received and also uh, well-fitting for those moments. It was so, yes. it was so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, when I was up earlier to, to Ottawa before, of course, last weekend, it was a, it was a, um, a quite an experience that the, the positivity in the air, I mean, yeah, real mix of people. Um, and, uh, to, but to see the, the, the Christian influence to see how Christ was being shared was wonderful. Mm. Yeah. There was like, just like watching random live streams, right? Like, like just watching Joe Schmo that shared this live video in this Facebook group is just walking around and then someone grabs him. He's like, Oh, yo, yo, check out this sign. And it's like a Bible verse on it. And he's like, Oh yeah, no, that's a great sign. He's like, no, it's a really good sign. And here's why. Let me tell you about Jesus. And I'm like, I'm like, it's just this dude getting accosted with the gospel in the middle of Ottawa for no, for no reason other than this person loves Jesus and wants him to know about it. I was like, this is just great. So awesome. I'm like, this was, this is definitely not planned. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I have real fear for the uh, the trucker convoy that's headed to Washington D.C. down here in the states because we have a much less we've we are all done and we are very less nice than you guys. <laughs> that is true. The, the revolution. It is true. The revolutionary. We, all right. So, I mean, let's be honest. You guys kissed the ring up there, and we didn't. And there's a big difference in that. I think there's an underpinning in the culture. I mean that in a nice. I mean that in a like. No problem. It sounds like a mean thing. What I mean is, I'm like, oh no, Steve didn't smile. What uh, I mean okay, is, all right, you, uh. you guys literally still wink and nod towards the queen to validate your government. Uh, there's there's still that underpinning there, right? Uh, that we don't have, which I think inherently allows for a more. Let me let me say. Let me now. Let me turn it to the compliment, which gives a civility, in some ways, to what goes on, uh, in Canada. I feel like there's actually much less of a, let's just say we're certainly not um, inclined to turn quickly to civility in the States. So I have a fear for the trucker yeah. convoy going to Washington, D.C. And I, I've already begun praying that it would be a, a peaceful event and as much fun as it looks like they had prior to Trudeau <laughs> acting that ridiculous horrible way he did with the police prior to that you know i i hope that that is what it looks like but i am not as sanguine yes. of of that fact i hope there are jacuzzis on pennsylvania avenue that's that's right <laughs> yeah yeah maybe not maybe it won't be hockey but we can play we, we, we play I, football I you, american football? football american football american football we 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 uh i know you're you're trying to be nice but um which isn't very american of you but we the reality is is that here because of that culture uh there's a large segment of our population that i don't think thinks for themselves anymore i mean they hmm. just it, there's this uh trust in the government that doesn't make sense anymore but they they still trust them yeah. um 
I think those are dystopian horror movies for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, and that, 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 that we're living that right now. I mean, what I saw oh in Ottawa goodness. was dystopian, and a lot of people are and in their homes just saying, "Well, this is this is fine because it was unlawful to protest. It was unlawful." Mm-hmm. And and we're some of us are trying to say, "Well, you you can't just declare something unlawful." So yeah. at least in the states, there's a, something of a spirit of um, independence. I appreciate that. Yeah. But we'll pray. We'll pray it doesn't get violent. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. That's absolutely. that is uh, that is absolutely what needs to be. Have you ever read uh, Huxley's Brave New World? That that book. I actually haven't. Okay. Well, I think, I think you. To be fair, you you just started reading it last week. All right. So yeah, I'm already. I, I I'm going to be done it. I'll probably be done it tonight. <laughs> if you're he's reading, no Huxley historian over here. All right. It's well, just, <laughs> the problem is I'm late to the game. I'm so late to the game yeah. on most of these things that I feel like, oh, well, I'm just catching up on things people have done forever. Um, it's it is uh so i've i've read uh i've read 1984 but it was a long time ago mm. um this is absolutely <laughs> the, the most unnerving book because it's absolutely what you just said it is it is that dystopian level in our culture that that already feels like it's crept in um mm. and it's very unnerving yeah so i i don't know that's that's either here or there but yes dystopian <laughs> It's it's not a it's not a hard read not a particularly not not, not necessarily a long read. Um, it it actually I think he, it's interesting because he wrote in a way that was supposed to make you feel uncomfortable sometimes, and he wants you to feel uncomfortable because it takes place in a dystopian future that is or you know, present cur- currently happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, what what of our our final this is I, this is actually formally our, our last question. Um. What is what do you? All right, you're sitting there. You're seeing these other churches. In fact, you're seeing a culture who largely wants to have a compliant spirit towards a government who is actually viscerally ripped from them. Um, rants, grant, uh, I, I messed up words. Rights granted to them by God, not rights given to them by man. Um, and you're seeing Christians who have been gifted with the Holy Spirit and the the literal word, the living word of God, right? And and they're not moving. So what do you say? Like how do you how do you see how do you how do you have a message for that? Like what is the call there? Is it is it just repentance? Is there more to it? Well I think the I mean the biggest biggest concern I have in all of this is, you know, the 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 fact that I think you touched on it earlier. There is this tremendous momentum behind the uh, uh, trucker convoy, and and people finally said, okay, enough of the mandates, enough enough of forcing us to get vaccinated. Where was the momentum in the Church of Jesus Christ hmm. when they came after the church? Yeah. That, that's my biggest question, and I think that shows um, that just the state of the church right now. And it is concerning that you have um, all these men who ought to be leading their people who are justifying um, their disobedience to God, justifying their um, uh, protection of themselves by um, turning to Romans 13. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think uh, what's happened is personally at my assessment is, and I, I've seen this, this, this for some years now, the influence of humanism in the church, um, this philosophy that says that what we're about is the happiness of man hmm. and the church has just obviously taken that and it's it's christianized it so that it's about the eternal happiness of man when in fact 
Christianity is about the glory of God. Amen. And so what we've mm. we've done is we've we've made it so much about man that all people talk about is okay. Well, what will the world think about us? Mm. Um, and uh, what's um, uh, how is this going to um, resonate with them? Who's going to live? Who's going to die? Instead of asking the question, what what glorifies God? What does mm. He want? Um, and and the, even the outrage, the sense of outrage that we feel when we see people oppressed and yet no outrage when Christ's church is shuttered, mm. when Christ is not getting the worship that he deserves. I remember um, just contemplating those 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 words in the psalm, um, praise waits for you in Zion and, and mm. thinking it doesn't wait for him in Zion right now. Mm. I mean, oh, my it, it goodness. Just, uh, so there, there's a, a tremendous problem that still needs to be addressed. I mean, we may move on from COVID at some point, leave our masks behind and everything else, but the church needs to deal with what they've done. Mm. Yeah, at some point, uh, at some point, a pastor has to be held responsible for turning the bride, bride of Christ into little more than internet pornography by putting it online and taking away the gathering of the saints together. Um, at some point, at some point, uh, uh, if they, if they don't deal with it now, then they're going to have to deal with it before, um, the one whose bride it was, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to be a sad and sad moment. Um, did you just think of that right off the top of your head? That was pretty impressive. Some things sit for a while that was a, that and you was don't good, know when they're going to come one. out. And, uh, that's sometimes the, the kids would say, sometimes they come Ooh. out. What do you what do you, so now you have this movement and this is the other question right this is the second half of that you've had this movement right people are behind the truckers uh, and there there are maybe people that are uh, just becoming acquainted with the idea of the fact that these freedoms come from God that God is is the sovereign over all things and there may be people who have been nominally Christian that are inside of this movement right and now they're being exposed to more Christian themes uh, they're seeing that at the heart of what freedom must be must be freedom in Christ first and foremost. So what is your what is your encouragement to them to to stop mucking about with life and jump in right wholeheartedly to the church? How how do they make that jump? Do they close their eyes, blindfold, just jump in? <laughs> well, I mean, the reality is is that everyone knows that the, the, their conscience bears witness within them that. God is God. Mm, amen. That, that uh, the world was uh, did not just appear. God has formed it, and and the law of God is written upon their hearts. But as they have been confronted, these people have been confronted with perhaps just a taste of of uh, the love of Christ. They've seen something of uh, what He's done in the lives of Christians, how He's changed them, and heard of what Jesus has done at the cross at Calvary for sinners that they would then want to give him what he deserves i mean christ came uh, to save sinners uh, his reward is those whom he saves his reward mm-hmm. is us our lives redeemed from sin mm-hmm. and then lived out for his glory mm-hmm. and uh it's uh i think often of the instinct that is in us to uh, thank those who've done us a, a good turn, and 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 obviously when when somebody has has really stepped up and made a life changing difference for us, uh, we feel we owe them, and we would just do about anything for them. We, that's the kind of language we use. 
and uh, as, we, as, as we consider what Christ has done for us and going to the cross for sinners, that we would then willingly um, give ourselves for him. It's just a small thing. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, you, you sing, we're the whole realm of nature, mind, that we're present, far too small. And God hasn't given us the whole realm of nature. So, but he has given us a life to live mm -hmm. and he's told us to obey him. So let's do that. Let's yeah. obey him. Let's give him our lives. Yeah. Amen. 100%. Yep. They will find true joy and fulfillment in giving God the glory. As you said, it's so funny because I, the same guy on, on Facebook, every time something happens, something even remotely violent happens and he's very, let's just say he definitely has his social justice merit badge and he's a pastor. He always puts, he always puts God's goal is no more war. And every time he puts it, it makes me so angry because God has one goal. And that is his glory. There's no other goal God has. He doesn't have other goals. And even the word goal is a broken term to use because a goal is a man term. It's as if it's something that we set for ourselves that we seek to attain. God does not need hmm. to attain it. It is, it is already achieved in the not yet for us. We live in a temporal, in a temporal line. It is only linear. And it's just such a frustrating idea. And he's talking about the Ukraine and Russia. And I'm thinking, God's goal is his glory. And he's, he's already defeated. The, the, the war is over. And one day he will stand completely and take his victory. That is already his. He will simply seize it up. It's just so, it's stuff like that bothers me so much. You're right. People need to get, wake up and, and realize what is good for, what is good for them is the glory of God. Well, Amen. And, and when we do, when we do that, then um, admit, again, there's a simplicity, right? Yeah. Because I hear people say, okay, um, well, what, what if it was the bubonic plague? doesn't change anything. Nope. Uh, if, if we recognize, if we remember that we shall live in eternity forever and ever and ever, and we recognize that we're here briefly for the glory of God, and, and then and we don't know what God has decreed. We don't know his plans, but we do know what we've been told to do. So, we do our duty. We leave the events with God. That's his business. And instead of worrying about the length of life that we have and trying to protect our lives, we simply go out and do what he wants us to do. Mm. We, we've, we've so bought into the culture, of course, of the day, which says that we need to, on one hand, try to get all that we can, squeeze all that we can out of Christianity and squeeze all that we can out of this world. And that's why we're in the mess we're in, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Very insightful. Yeah. We remove ourselves from death nowadays. It's so far away, right? When I get old, they're going to put me far away in another home, right? Away where they don't have to see me anymore, where I, where death is something that, yeah. right? That's never how, up until, up until the last, geez, we're talking 100 years, that was never how life was lived. Life was lived in the proximity of death. Whether it was animal or whether it was human, you lived in proximity with the reality that your mortal life would end and that it didn't, it wasn't even necessarily, um, something to be fought off rather it was something that was inevitable that you embraced you had to embrace the reality of that end time coming because it meant that you had to do something now <laughs> because the end was drawing nigh now we try to push it so far away that we don't even think about it and, and you wouldn't that, you wouldn't even know 
that 40% of COVID deaths are all, are in nursing homes. Over 40%. <laughs> That's oh. how far away it is from us. Great. Now they're going to slap a little warning up on Spotify. Yeah, let one. them slap Jeez. it. Jeez. Thanks a lot. Anyway. <laughs> um, how do you, oh, man. I don't even know. I don't even, this was so much. We're about to do the thing where pastors just start talking and we start saying things that we would say to other pastors. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, get, I feel like that happens whenever we're, inter, wherever we're talking with another pastor. We can just build off of these sermon points, right? The sermon point comes oh, out, yeah, and okay. you can just I gotcha. build off of the next I'm like, sermon I'm like, point. what are you talking about? <laughs> so then let lost. me ask another question. Were you born and raised in Canada? Uh, I, I was a missionary kid, so I was born in Canada, and I spent a few years overseas, and uh, then we came back. But, of course, that had a lasting impact. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to pry, but I feel like you picked up some a slight accent from where you were overseas. Where did you spend time overseas? How many times I hear I have an accent? It's a little bit unnerving. Um, so I, I don't think I have an accent. Um, so I, I, I was in, uh, I lived in England, and then I was in France, and then I was um, in uh, in Djibouti, Africa. Oh wow, you guys bounced around. Yeah, you, you. It was the last one that I was definitely picking up. No, no, it yeah, was the first. Djibouti, was... Africa. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was definitely the first. Anyway, I just thought that's kind of <laughs> ironic. As soon as you started talking, I pick up on accents. My friend. Now there's going to be a warning on the. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a bit offensive. Guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. Just so you know, we we're told sometimes now that we have accents, and we're like, we don't have an accent. Yeah. Nor- yeah. There is no South Jersey accent, <laughs> except we say water as water. Is that that's weird? Is that right? a weird thing that other people yeah, don't do? It's weird. It's yeah, fine. That's weird. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I only have one other burning question to ask, and this bothered me since I saw since I watched your whole interview. What flag is that in the doorway? So that that is the flag of Ethiopia. It's the older flag. It's, oh uh, when, um, uh, when Haley Selassie was their their leader, um, and um, the Lion of Judah is pictured there. So huh. um, it's uh, we, when we were in Africa, the people that we were ministering to were primarily ethiopian and we did actually vacation if you want to call it vacation in ethiopia so we we went to ethiopia to escape the oppressive heat of djibouti and um and so real attachment to uh the people of ethiopia Hmm. awesome that's awesome i knew there would be a story behind it i'm so glad i asked Ever since I saw that flag, I'm like, that flag has purpose and meaning more than just being in a doorway. And I want to know what it is. (laughs) Well, you know, when have you guys been to Africa, either one of you? Neither of us. Neither of us. So they say that water, water. they say that it gets in your blood. And, and, um, you know, there's, I think there's some truth to that. I've heard since I've, I mean, as a kid, I was, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but, but we lived there for, I think it was a total of uh, a year and a half to two years. And um, ever since I've wanted to go back and perhaps one day I'll get to go. But the, the people there, there's a, there's a, something very precious about the, the people. And, and, um, and so, and of course, as a missionary kid, the, the experience of, of being in a, in a foreign environment and, and all that that meant, the, the, uh, uh, that, that was precious. So that's a, just a constant reminder to me. Mm. Amen. Praise um, God. That that feeling is because, and I, I've heard I've heard people say that exact feeling before. That Africa gets into your blood. It and I've every time I I hear them and I hear their stories, 
of what actually occurred, it reminds me that the reason that gets into your blood is because they live in community in Africa. Yeah. And yeah. there's something about seeing that and, and, and interacting with someone who treats you like family and brings you in and you become that does get into your blood because we were designed by God for it. <laughs> so, and over here, everything is fences and walls and it's sanitized and we don't, no, no, don't, don't talk. You, you know, you know it, you don't, you don't get the phone call yeah. for, to, to help a marriage when the light switch is broken. You get a phone call to help the marriage when the house is on fire and everyone's fleeing. That's when, that's when a pastor is called for, for a marriage. We don't live in community anymore. And that's, that's, that's definitely what I think, I think it is. So no, that, I think that's right for sure. But man, now that I've had my burning question about that flag answered, I feel much better about, about this interview. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I saw, I, I really did it. So weird to say, I'm listening to these great words. You're you could have, you could have let off with it. I, I would hate for you to have sat through with any sort of consternation. No, no, it, was, it was, it was, the, the, it was building up in my heart and soul. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get to ask about that flag. And I, I love now that it's the flag of Ethiopia and the lion of Judah. And, uh, I feel I feel great about it. <laughs> uh, is, so, where if 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 someone wants to read some of your your writings, because I, I that's not the only blog you've written, uh, the one that we've mentioned already. What where where can they find those? Not that you're looking for traffic to your blog, but now you can have it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, so Canada Revival dot blogspot dot ca. Uh, so it's 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 a little tricky, a little bit of a mouthful, but. Um, actually, that's quite actually, no problem. I started writing my first blog article was after the, uh, the lock, well, not the lockdowns, but yeah, the lockdowns began. So the first blog post was in March of 2020. Thought that wanted to dedicate this blog to revival and end up, ended up, um, writing a lot about, uh, COVID and how the church should respond. Excellent. Well, then it's going to be a, a good source that we'll probably find ourselves needing when, variant lambda theta comes out so yeah. um <laughs> uh and uh and there was something else i was gonna say I while you're that. thinking of that speaking of crazy urls i i have just got to I, i'm sorry <laughs> that that really wasn't that bad at all and it, it will be in the show notes for for our listeners uh because there, there's no reason to make you like try to write that down on a piece yeah, of no, paper no click on the link in the show notes guys our, our friend john uh great great man great godly man he lives in new york uh he served in the military uh, runs an Instagram page called The Godly Grunt. So shout out, shout out to John. Listen to this, listen to this website. Here's his URL: thegodlygrunts one one six dot dot com slash my dash site slash blog. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a. Yeah, it's a good thing there's a link to click on on that one. Yeah, uh, I, I keep telling John I need to just build him a website. So maybe one day I will. But <laughs> love the Godly Grunts, and if you did take the time to write that down, it is worth reading his stuff. So. <laughs> And uh, and one of the things that you do better than we we're not we're not quite as good as Twitter but you were you were a very encouraging presence on Twitter for us over the mm. uh, over the weekend it was great to have so what is your Twitter handle if people wanted to be able to catch up on some Canadian goings ons well you know I have a bit of a problem with Twitter right now oh I, I, I can't get into my account oh. so <laughs> <laughs> well so I'm I'm working on that. Um, and um oh i don't even know if i could remember oh it's s underscore d richardson that's the um the ad handle that's perfect that's the ad handle but you won't find it if, if you hit that you're not going to get anything what did what did you do yeah uh, well 
Who knows many things? <laughs> There's so many answer. things it could be that it's impossible to say, really. <laughs> so check back, uh, check back for that in about uh, you know seven to fourteen days. We'll see if that's uh, been if he's been let out of Twitter jail. So there you go. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, and one last thing, um, church website. Where can they where can they find your 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 sermons in your church? If uh, that so we don't have a website. Well, we but go. They can go to sermon sermon audio. Okay. Um, so if they type. Either my name or the church name in uh, Sermon Audio, they'll find us. Good. Okay. All this will be in the show notes, everybody, so you will not have to go far. Um, but this has been an absolute joy. Your boldness, your courage, and I will also say um, the clarity with which you have communicated um, during this really tense time is such an encouragement mm. to my heart and soul. Um, I'm really glad Um because what I don't feel came out maybe as much with uh, with your previous interview this week as this one uh, was the acknowledgement that inside of you burns that passion uh, that that God actually is able to to form for His glory in the midst of such a hard a hard moment like 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 this past weekend had been um, and and that was that was such a beautiful thing to hear and know. Uh, and uh, at the same time, I'm just going to keep praying that he keeps stoking that fighting passion in your heart because <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, brothers, it's been an encouragement uh, to be with you. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've uh, gained out of this whole experience is just being with uh, seeing the broader unity that we have. Uh, some of the some of the differences that used to divide us before are not as much anymore. Hmm. Uh, I think we've been reminded of what the main things are through this. And uh, so I've been enjoying the, the, the friendships I've formed with some uh, good Baptists and, and other folks as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, just to uh, encourage you guys, you know, we, you were saying something about a guy who's posting on Facebook and he's saying God is not into war along those lines. Um, I think it's quite the opposite. I mean, Jesus said he came with a sword. He came to bring not mm-hmm. peace, but division. And, um, you know, men of God are, I've always wanted to be one of the valiant men um, and uh, for Christ. The valiant men that we read of in the Old Testament, those are the kinds of guys that our kids look up to, not men who are um, effeminate, but manly men, men who, who go off to war. And in this case, spiritual war. Mm, amen. And uh, we need to pray that God would raise up a generation of men who would, um, uh, as the shirt that you uh, have made uh, says, you know, who, who defend the church, defend the pulpit, say, mm, willing to say to the, to the authorities, okay, come and get it, but we're, we're not mm-hmm. going to back down. And yeah, that's, uh, that's the spirit here. I mean, the, the police have, have done their thing. The government has done its thing. But the church is going to continue to gather. And many of us have said, you know, wh- whether that's in freedom or in prison, we're going to keep meeting with other believers. And uh, that's not going to stop. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's an excellent word. I can think of nothing else uh, better to say. And and so I think this is a perfect time to end a podcast episode. Uh, and if, if all of this does that encourage your heart more, I know well, what it can. Dear Christian, we hope that you seize, seize the, the faith. faith.